Free Your Mind is a podcast show that covers a range of topics from buzzing media headlines, hot trends on social media space, music, and social issues. Myself and a group of co-hosts will meet to give our hot, sometimes unfiltered opinions on and takes on these issues. We are hosted by the Gold Coast Report. Find us on your favorite podcast player and follow us on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind and on Instagram at The Gold Coast Report. We also have a website, thegoldcoastreport.com, where you can find other podcasts on our network. Hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Free Your Mind. I'm here with Maya, as usual. It's a two-man shift. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it's a two-man shift today. After we've had like five-person episode, we decided that no, let's do a two-man. <laughs> let's do a two-man episode so that we could talk more on the issue about to talk on. Um, I hope everybody is good, Maya. How are you? I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. I don't know. You know when it's getting towards the end of the year, you feel like. Some people feel energized, but me, I feel like my flow is running out. I don't know if you feel <laughs> the same way. Like, not people like, it's left with two more months but till the end of the year. Let's, let's feel like, finish. So <laughs> let's get it. The energy is finished. The flow has gone. So I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. No, no, it's no. So I, funny. I understand like, you. Why are you telling me? I understand you. Because me too, I'm like. I just think it hasn't been easy. Yeah, like me, me to understand you because me to like I I told you earlier that I had done like major projects in the year and I I told my yeah. partner that like I'm done for the year I can't continue unless picking <laughs> up minor minor projects to do to keep me a bit busy but Charlie I'm really done for the year like I'm tired I'm done yeah already do you realize that like end of season we'll do year in review and it will be wild because the year hasn't even. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Things have happened, Papa. I'm telling you. Hey. You know, the, you know the funny thing? Somebody was telling me that in about in about 50 years, yeah, in about 50 to 100 years, mm-hmm. the people who will be learning history, bro, the number of things you have to study, chew and pour, to put on the exam paper. You know how in the olden days, like in one year, just a few events happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for people who are doing history because in 2020, bro, Charlie, Charlie, from Charlie. US politics, to world issues, to African politics that influence Western policies. People are going to be. Going to get you have, just have to chew and pour. You just have to chew and pour at this I point. Know. I know. And this time, oh. too, like they have the internet and everything. So you have a barrage of information that you have yeah. to siphon through, Charlie. <laughs> I know this recording okay. will be part of the archives they'll be listening to. But so in the next 100 <laughs> years, if you are listening to this, <laughs> Bro, <laughs> next hundred years, all the, best. This, all the best. All the best. All the best. Because you go tired. You go tired. <laughs> hey, let's get into the episode. So, um, I mean, over the past few days, it's been it's 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 been wild, and there's only one thing we can't talk about. Um, 
for the past 12 days, young Nigerians protested. I think it's more than 12 now. They have protested yeah. um, across all the country, demanding um, an abrupt end to police brutality and then justice yeah. for all the innocent lives that have been lost or traumatized by the SARS, which is the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, which is a unit of the police force. It was interesting. It, it, it was a very one-in-a-lifetime interesting thing to behold. I mean, never in my life have yeah. I seen the kind of organization and the kind of abrupt and like, um, how do you call it? Responsiveness from a Nigerian youth taking donations yeah. and using that donation to help people who in aid in terms of medical aid, legal aid. Yeah. And being accountable. Listen. Being listen, accountable. Listen. Not just even the funds, like lawyers, doctors, like emergency teams across Nigeria, just rallying together and doing things without even being paid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want yeah. to help my country. I want yeah. to progress. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It was really a beautiful sight to behold. The 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 whole and the fact that they were also decentralized was also like was also a big issue. Like it was a big thing for me because then you couldn't yeah. point to that this there were people. It, it's sort of like let me be a bit technical. So it's sort of like um Bitcoin. Bitcoin is decentralized. You don't know who owns Bitcoin. Yeah, there are people yeah. you know who. Who use Bitcoin? Like there are apps that you know that can use Bitcoin. They are sort of like de facto leaders, but they don't own Bitcoin. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Like there were people that we knew, like FK Abudu, Mr. Makoroni, yeah, well, Joe. to them. Yes. Um, feminist co who were like de facto leaders of the files, the bad guy, who were like de facto leaders yeah. of the women, but they weren't actually leaders. And this helped, yeah. like this helped a lot. And I think Charlie, the, the Nigerian people were not the Nigerian political elite wasn't ready for. They were not ready. <laughs> they were not ready for what was happening. They were not ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting part is in 12 days or more, the people were just asking for the head of the country to speak and address yeah. the people on the issues that were happening. And for almost 11, 12 days, your man did some serious on looking, which was unrivaled. <laughs> hey, he didn't even batch. He you didn't know, I think, even batch. I think he spoke twice. The first time he spoke was through his Twitter account. Mm -hmm. And I remember that day, I felt like that was such an insult to everybody. Like, I was, I was, I went to work and I was discussing something with um somebody the day of my interview yeah. my interview that i told you about yeah. that was the day or the day before he had actually addressed nigerians on twitter and i thought that was even before his speech and i thought that was very stupid because one a lot of people use twitter like the people who are asking for the for stars to end they're not just only on twitter there are people on the street, people living their lives, not having social media or anything. So the fact that he addressed them, and he didn't even address them in an official capacity, he just said, SARS has been disbanded. Look forward to the IGP's um, name speech later on in the day on yeah. Twitter. That was all. Yeah. And my and somebody in the office was like, yeah, he spoke about it. I was like, no, he hasn't spoken. Yeah, That's, he has not spoken to you. 
He just tweeted something, and just because we're in the in the digital age, doesn't mean Twitter should be your mouthpiece or your megaphone. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, no. Mm-hmm. It was really, mm-hmm. really, really annoying. Mm-hmm. It just felt like he was insulting the Nigerian news and to a larger extent, like the African news. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> back to Buhari. He was being pressured to speak. And I think he did. I can't tell the exact day he did. But he finally yeah. addressed people on Twitter again and on national television. <laughs> So today, what we are going to do is we are just going to handle some parts. We are going to pick some excerpts of the speech that he read to his people. And then we are going to give our candid opinions on the speech. So we are going to um, free our mind. Our mind. Right? Yes, we are going to free our mind on the speech. So here goes. On Monday, 12th October, I acknowledge the genuine concerns and agitations of members of the public regarding the excessive use of force by some members of SARS. The choice to demonstrate peacefully is a fundamental right of citizens as enshrined in Section 40 of our Constitution and other enactments. But this right to protest also imposes on the demonstrators the responsibility to respect the rights of other citizens and the necessity to operate within the law. As a democratic government, we listened to and carefully evaluated the five-point demands of the protesters. And having accepted them, we immediately scrapped SARS and put measures in place to address the other demands of our youth. On approving the termination of SARS, I already made it clear that it was aligned with our commitment to the implementation of extensive police reforms. Sadly, the promptness with which we have acted seemed to have been misconstrued as a sign of weakness and twisted by some for their selfish, unpatriotic interests. The result of this is clear to all observers. Human lives have been lost, acts of sexual violence have been reported, Two major correctional facilities were attacked and convicts freed. Public and private properties completely destroyed or vandalized. The sanctity of the palace of a peacemaker, the Oba of Lagos, has been violated. So-called protesters have invaded an international airport and in the process disrupted the travel plans of fellow Nigerians and our visitors. All this executed in the name of the NSAS protests. I am indeed deeply pained that innocent lives have been lost. These tragedies 
are uncalled for and unnecessary. Certainly, there is no way whatsoever to connect these bad acts to legitimate expression of grievance of the youth of our country. <laughs> you really are laughing. I just like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. First off, let me take this. I'm taking it from the part that he said correctional facilities were attacked and convicts freed. Do you know what's very interesting? And I think our listeners will also find interesting. I was doing some research and I found out that back in 1980s, I don't know the exact date, but there was also a protest because there was a military leader. There was Buhari, who was a military leader. This book, this same Buhari, who was a military leader. (laughs) Yes. And I think he ousted, I think he either he ousted Babangida or something. There's this whole palace school that happened, right? And yeah. when that the palace school happened, yeah, I think Buhari, Babangida ousted Buhari, if I'm sure. And he wanted to push the, gov- the, the country into civilian rule. So just like what yeah. um, Jerry John Rollins did in 79, like he came in as a military guy and then super- yeah. wanted to supervise the country into civilian rule. Now, when, he, when that happened, I think somebody won the election, but for some strange reason, the military leader who was, um, who was like, I think was the military leader then annulled the election. I don't know the complications of that. And then people mm-hmm. did some protests and all of that. And then I think a year after, Abacha took over. And this Abacha was yeah. supported by the same Buhari. Now, mm-hmm. when this June riot, when this June 12 riots happened, when you check the series of events here, yeah, it's the same thing that yeah. they did as they did now. They freed prisoners. Like, it's, it's, it's like, and I'm not sure because it's the same Buhari. It's the same taxes that yeah. they use. They freed prisoners. Yeah. And we saw online that prisoners were coming out of prison with traveling bags and headphones. Who are you trying to like? Yeah. This time, yeah. we have the power of social media. So you can see this thing. Yeah. You just take a number of people and put them over there and free them and they come out like they are pleased, like, I don't know, try to yeah. reverse the thing and look like the protesters are the ones that, that are causing these issues. And you are talking it's about um, the palace of the Oba of Lagos being violated. This same palace that they violated, they found, how do you call it? COVID, and that's a new word for us, COVID <laughs> palliative. Palliati. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. Look. And the fact that and the fact that he didn't I thought it was palatables, but I've read it was palliatives. <laughs> COVID palliative. And somebody said that's a new word of 2020. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that word actually till now. And they found you know how weak yeah. you can be as a leader to keep and hoard food. Take money from the government for food that you claim you have given oh. to the people, but you've hoarded it and you don't plan on giving it to the people. And then the people discover they are looting it and you come here yeah. and say that and they are causing pandemonium. You are the wicked one, honestly. You yeah. like it's a different level of wickedness. Like you you don't and, have any and, empathy. And it and was to a, add and to, to add salt to injury, if that's even the term, they're telling us that you were you were waiting for your birthday. So in essence, 
it's your it's your game it's not even our game Tell you me. want it to be like oh you know what i'm the one who did this on my birthday to my people like yes that's what you want us to meanwhile people were it's the one because it wasn't just in ghana when the whole thing happened people were complaining we don't have food we don't have enough water how can we survive like without our salaries and you're telling me that you're waiting for us to ease lockdown they said they were waiting for the second wave to hit it makes no sense it doesn't make any it sense. makes no sense you know what's wild indomie it's indomie it's indomie and that, gary thank you it's indomie and gary hey I'm and what kills me i'm thinking about it so what exactly were you waiting for like if because i'm not going to believe this whole trash about second wave or my birthday or whatever what exactly were you waiting for like were you going to sell it the wildest thing is somebody had 400 freezers in their house a cold store mm. doesn't have 400 freezers a cold store <laughs> doesn't have 400 <laughs> what are you doing with 400 freezers what kind of excessive life is this nigerians bro are you kidding me it's really sad. It's really, really sad. Indomie. Mm. Indomie. Indomie. Me, I sell food. Indomie is eight cities. <laughs> oh my God. It's really sad. It's really, really, Indomie. really sad. Gary, somebody has hoarded them and took money from the government that he had given it to the people. Now the people are looting the place and you're angry. Because these people are hungry. They don't have food to eat. Have food, yeah. Why don't you have some empathy? No apology, no apology whatsoever. It said it's been violated. The sanctity. How is this? How is this? That's like the traditional Nigerian. That's I think the. No, but what sanctity? It's like like the Nigerian Monaco something. Yeah, but what sanctity is there if they are actually doing evil things? Please get out of here. It's already been violated by your by your actions. And like that's, I think that's like the traditional Nigerian monarch, like the way we have chiefs in Ghana and everything. Yeah. But Charlie, for you to be a traditional chief and do this, they were literally finding Dallas in coffins in that house. They found yeah. Dallas in coffins in that house, and fine, maybe it could be your Dallas. Maybe you are doing spiritual money. It's not part of my business, but yeah. you hoarded food. Which was supposed to be for the people. Look at since March, yeah. COVID is like March. The, yeah, since March, that's what I'm saying. How many months? And they're now fine. And people were in lockdown. That's my whole thing. People were in lockdown. People didn't have food. People were complaining of hunger, bro. Oh, Charlie, it's sad. People it's... in politics are wicked, honestly. Because really what wicked. is it? Like no empathy. And what annoys me is when you you see when we try and be. When you try and be outspoken about these issues, people say you shouldn't be emotional because the law is the law. People who wrote the law to had emotions at that point. So what are you even talking yeah. about? This is clearly an emotional issue. Like, yeah. You can't hold food. And when I come and complain about it, you are telling me I should be emotional. I am too emotional about the law. Emotional. And that's what he said the first one. Section 40 of the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. It is this is when they know how to operate their law. When they know yeah. they are they are they are guilty of certain crimes, that's when they know how to pick the law and bring the law. 
and say democratic yeah. what 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 whatever it's a yeah. shame it's really a shame honestly yeah. and even the termination of stars like you didn't terminate what are you even saying you know you know what you know what i'm saying for technical reasons let even say they terminated stars right mm-hmm. this whole thing about protesting and listening to their youth is supposed to be a negotiation you and the youth gave you i think five or six points right and you responded to their five or six points. But they came back to you saying, we don't want an anti-crime, we don't want an anti-crime unit. Mm-hmm. So if it was really a negotiation, if you reformed whatever, whatever they, 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 they are going to reform SARS and create a new unit, and they used to come back and saying that, bro, we don't want it. The next thing to do is to go back to the drawing board and negotiate. That's all they were asking for. Listen mm-hmm. to us, let's have a discussion. But that's not what happened. And that's the issue. There's too much ego to think that kids are worthy of sitting at the table with them. And that's the issue. There's too much ego. Because even somebody said, somebody said, um, I saw a tweet where somebody said the fact that, I don't know if it was Buhari or one of the politicians referred to the country as children, like my children or our children or the children. It's like, and it was like the fact that they are still referring to even adults still as our children or my children or their children. It seriously told me that they still value this whole like the adult versus the younger person. Yes, I'm and an adult. You can't don't talk when I'm talking back. Yeah, don't talk thing. when I'm talking because did you give birth to me? I'm not, and this is the problem with a lot of African countries and a lot of African was in organizations and politicians and all this. It's like I'm worthy enough to sit at the table, but you always think you are older than me. So your yeah, way or yeah, the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Your way and or the highway. I think we've got and our that's episode the problem. And that's, <laughs> I have so titled so, Your Way or the, the Highway. <laughs> no, and that's and that's and that's the problem with like the, that's actually what caused like everything to go the way it went because it was like it's our way guys if it's not our way it's the highway and the highway True. was True. shutting down the cameras and killing innocent, innocent people that was literally it mm-hmm. that, that was literally you, it you get to that issue cra, later cra. let's go to the next <laughs> the next part of the the speech the spreading of deliberate falsehood and misinformation through the social media in particular, that this government is oblivious to the pains and flight of the citizens is a ploy to mislead the unwary within and outside Nigeria into unfair judgment and disruptive behavior. On the contrary, both our deeds and words have shown how committed this administration has been to the well-being and welfare of citizens, even with the steadily dwindling revenues and the added responsibilities and restrictions due to the coronavirus pandemic. Let me ask, let me ask something, because you, you are more into influencing. What is it about social media that triggers adults? What really is it about social media? Because it's like 
the adults are always having a stance about social media being about fake news. And I am not rightly denying that there have been some apps like Facebook that has been used for wrong purposes. But what is it about social media? It's like, it's like this. It's like these people are always scared of social. Media. Like the revolution, the disruption that social media is causing. It's like they are always scared about how. You know, like, it's funny. It's, it's funny for me because they only use it when it benefits them. Like mm. and I'm not shading like our parents or anything, but they are the same people who would during the COVID um, pandemic they would forward all these broadcasts about <laughs> noni trees and um what's the name sobolo trees and moringa trees when there was no when there were no basis for anything send it all because they think they found a cure or a, a way to protect themselves True. but when it comes to actually holding them accountable then anything we put on social media is fake and it's even funny because we we when we are putting stuff on social media like i say they use who are really like energetic and who are really for what they believe in. We come with facts, and that's what I like about the youth. We don't just come with words, we come with videos, we come yeah. with like pictures. Yeah. And that's what really felt like an insult to everybody when they were listening to this guy. You can spread false news, right? I mean, yeah. there's a way at which you can always show that this news is false. false. There is no way um, a video of Nigerian youth bleeding is from 1955 please it's never <laughs> you know sure. what I'm saying? yeah there is no way and um, what's the name people screaming god um on this day this this has happened like this has happened look at what is happening and then they are showing us things happening in real lifetime like for example djs with ig live how the in heaven's name like i'm even come to guess how the fuck can a, an instagram live be fake. Be fake. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I try to tell me that DJ Switch has a 3D animation somewhere that nobody has heard of in this world where she can, <laughs> she can, what's the name, put so many Nigerians Nigerians protesting. Yes, yeah. And it, it's like, for, for me, when I see these things, I just feel like it's a slap to our face and it's such an insult. But at the same time, this also makes me think about i think in the past we had this conversation where we spoke about how politicians are so far removed from the average person that they don't even think that what is going on is possible that's the only other explanation because you can't insult me and tell me that all the all the videos were fake news like that's what even annoys me like even if you put a video without context you can't tell me that you will get fake news from the videos you were seeing so that's why i feel like people were so, like, these politicians are so far removed from our plight, like, they just felt like, bro, it has to be fake, like, what we are going to has to mm-hmm. be fake. Do you think that it's a thing of typical adult behavior, not understand, not understanding what social media itself is, generally also what the internet itself is in the internet office? for because I there, think... there's 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 that section there's the older people weren't really open to this we weren't open earlier parts of our life and then we caught on yeah. to and then there are the kids who are a different section but do you think it is, yeah. it is that is it that they don't want to understand what it is is it is it like they are solving 
21st century problems with 20th century taxes. Is that it? Do you think that that's it? I think to an extent, yes. But then, I think to an extent, yes. But then again, I just think it's just political talk and just trying to win their way out of things. Because when SARS first started, I remember, like, in Kumadino, it's the same for you, but in my house, my friends didn't even know, like, and my dad listens to news every day. But he didn't know about SARS. He didn't know, like, there was, like, a protest going on, even though he did listen to news. Yeah, he didn't know about all these things. And that's why I feel like they are not scared of... Like, they feel like sometimes it's like, oh, we are always on social media, we are always on social media, it has to be safe. But at the same time, I feel like these politicians were like, we have to do damage control in the way we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's which is obviously using stupid big words <laughs> and using their 20th century ideologies to come yeah. and, you know, yeah. debunk fake or debunk news that they claim is fake. It's just very annoying because honestly, this will just annoy me. Like, oh, Buhari's whole, you, Buhari's whole statement reminded reminded me of people that I used to like get annoyed with in high school. Like, you are clearly dumb. We can tell you are clearly dumb, but you are still trying to use big words and fancy phrases mm-hmm. to just put together something you feel like would would solve or make you look good. That's what he's doing in his whole speech. Yeah. As he said, quoting law, using what's the name, reform, those stupid bad words, like, yeah, it feels like that's what maybe politicians yeah. will want to hear. But no, please, that, that's what I like about the youth of today, and that's what I like about the education we've been receiving. It's like, you as a big man cannot come and pick words that you read in Nelson Mandela's book use the bad bad words in Nelson Mandela's work to feed up. Come and paste it in your what's the your speech. In your speech. And expect me to as a youth who is very well well read to be like, oh my goodness, I think they're doing it for us guys. Let's just calm down and yeah. wait on it. No. No. True. It's just the way they are it's really annoying. Why True. really 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 pissed me off. Oh. And I I was watching the I was watching their live. They were they did it live on a few YouTube um, channels. I started watching it and I was like, this is an insult. I'm not even going to listen to the rest of it. And I just went off. Honestly. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go back to another annoying part of the speech. Government has put in place measures and initiatives, principally targeted at youth, women and the most vulnerable groups in our society. These included our broad plan to lift 100 million Nigerians out of poverty in the next 10 years. The creation of 75 billion Naira National Youth Investment Fund to provide opportunities for the youth and the micro, small, and medium enterprises survival fund through which government is A, paying three months salaries of the staff of the 100,000 micro, small, and medium enterprises. B, paying for the registration of 250,000 businesses at the Corporate Affairs Commission. C, giving a grant of 30,000 Naira to 100,000 artisans, and D, guaranteeing market for the products 
of traders. These are in addition to many other initiatives, such as A, farmer money, B, trader money, C, market money, D, N power, E, N tech, and F, N agro. No Nigerian government in the past has methodically and seriously approached poverty alleviation like we have done. See, let me take this. That was, an, that was a slap <laughs> to everybody's face. Like, Listen. Man, that was it. The last, the, last, the last sentence was a slap. The farmer money, trader money, market money thing. You know, when I saw this, I was just, I was just like, one, Ghanaian government, everything what your 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 neighbors are doing, don't do that again. Like because the Ghanaian government is so this they also use stupid stupid names to name initiatives that people don't benefit from. And funny enough, all. the day the day before or on that day, City News actually covered um people at the um what is that center? That center in Accra, the art center. Art center. About how about how they, um, you know, during the whole COVID thing, the Ghanaian, did, the Ghanaian government did exactly this, actually, to try and help okay. people with funds. Like, if you are a small-scale um, business um, earning this much or that much, mm -hmm. you can actually seek for funds to help um, alleviate your issues during the COVID time. Mm -hmm. The people in the art center, and I never even thought about it, and I felt so bad when I was thinking it because they would even be affected more than any other person because one, our borders are closed. The people who visit the art center are tourists. It's not the average Ghanaian who is going to visit the art center, but they didn't even have access to all these things. And I was like, this is just giving me Ghanaian government vibes because let's not lie, I'm sure a lot of people did not or would not have access to it because to even get to that point, the number of documents you have to provide or the number of uh, more than name evidence you have to provide, it won't, like, you can't even get there. So, obviously, we know where all this is going to, into the families of the, the government officials. Thank you very much. This whole thing, and nobody should come and tell me that, you know, when you do this on Twitter, they'll be like, oh, my goodness, you are just, like, you, you are making assumptions. No, we are all not making assumptions <laughs> at this point because we know that's what it is. Sometimes yeah, I hate when people do that too. There's the difference between assumptions and something we've seen in the past, past. and the probability of it happening in the future. Yeah, again, thank you. This, I hate that's when people try to justify the government. It's like, oh, you're making assumptions about this. Okay, yes, like if it had never happened before, yes, I'm making assumptions with no baseless was any impact, but we have we have good facts that will show you that all these things they are doing. And this is not big money. It's not small money. This is big money. It's not small money. Hell, oh God, Nigerians. I'm tired. Why are we just insulting everybody? Like, from the world leaders to the youth, <laughs> everybody is insulting them. My, me, me, my take about this is this group of statement this part of this whole speech wasn't even <laughs> necessary it, it wasn't like and this is african leadership we are looking we, we they voted you in and this is like the fifth year of your presidency they voted you in to solve yeah. problems but this is yeah. how african leadership always is they they want to make make you aware that they are the ones 
that have been the best since they started this presidency thing. Like this speech in itself, what you are addressing it, this is not important. Like it's not even important to the speech. The people that are there, Thank they are not you. telling you that come and give them um, farmer money, trader money, ghetto money. Let me tell you what they are doing. You see, this was like about um, African um, government in general. It's like they, they see mention of something and then they are like, okay, let us find a way to link it to show people that we are doing what we are doing. Let me give you an example. He said, the government has put in place measures and initiatives principally targeted at youth. They used to say that, you know, they are, um, they are capable enough of holding an iPhone and, you know, they work in all those things. So they are like, oh, they used to talk about employment, right? Let's add employment there, one. Two, women are being raped by staff, right? Let's show you that actually we are actually empowering women. So it's like, just because they are being raped by staff, it's not anything like we are actually helping women. They've added that. One of the groups in the society, all who are saying that they are poor, you know, they are being targeted by staff, are taking, you know, their houses and all those things. Don't worry, we have a plan for you. You see how you see how they're doing. So it's like they've seen what you are they've seen what you are doing. They've seen like all the things you are complaining about. But for them to make them look very good, they pick out something of what you are talking about and use fancy words and these initiatives and come to tell you that oh we are solving the problem that you are talking about, but just not in but just not the problem, just the people that the people that are being affected by the problems and just not the problems you want. But what was the essence of this? What exactly was the essence of this? It wasn't necessary to the whole speech in the first place. It really wasn't. And that's how I think African leaders are trying to tell you that. And even it goes back to the issue that me and you were talking before we recorded this podcast. The fact that when, before you came to build a, a gutter in my neighborhood, the roads were manageable and the roads have become bad. Yeah. And we are telling you that you've done a bad job. And then you in turn will tell us that we have to be grateful you came to build a gutter. Who the hell are you? That's what, <laughs> tell that's what I'm us saying. that. You see what I'm saying? That they'll keep, like I said, with the women, no, the, women issue was, <laughs> the women's issue was just very important for me because it's like, I'm telling you as a woman, Start sexually abusing you, but you are telling me that, oh, like instead of you to address that start is is sexually abusing my my species, you're saying that, oh no, you know what? Actually, we the government are empowering you women. What was the essence of that? Do you understand? Where is the correlation? Yeah. Zero, zero, zero. zero. Uh, there's nothing zero. here. It wasn't necessary to this. Charlie, the people, as I said last week, they don't have an idea what they are doing, honestly. They don't. They don't at all. To our neighbors in particular, and members of the international community, many of whom have expressed concern about the ongoing development in Nigeria, we thank you and urge you all to seek to know all the facts available before taking a position or rushing to judgment and making hasty pronouncements. This is to all of us, the international community, because we also qualify as an international community. To CNN, to ECOWAS, to AU, to Akufuado, to all those other people, to Hillary Clinton, all those other people that decided to speak. 
all those voices that we needed to amplify the NSAS protests to make sure that these people have, because I think that over the weeks, what I've realized is that Nigerians, like all African parents, do not want this race. And when yeah. race is coming from the international community, they, they tend to pattern up. And it's a shocker. Yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> but you see, and that's why last last week's um this one last week's how do you call it episode. Um, episode was very important for me because I was like, we don't need big people outside to say anything. We don't need your opinions or think pieces. But look at what Buhari has come to say right now. Like, don't place judgment. That's not what we need from you. All we need is for you to let them know that you know what we see what you are doing, we see what's happening. Do something about it, even if it's like address the situation, help your people, do something about it. Because as you said, African parents, like um, African government, they only respond to embarrassment. Charlie. They only respond. It's so funny. It's like it's so funny. It's like when you're growing up. What did they tell you? Don't get pregnant. <laughs> don't yeah. bring bad grades. Yeah. Don't impregnate a girl. Yeah. Don't smoke. Don't because yeah. all those things to them is Amazing embarrassment degrees, and disgrace. Yeah. And once that happens, that's when they will shake like that. And that, and that's why when I saw Buhari, I was like, bro, like we see so all these things that have been going on, you actually have been seeing it the same way the foreign people have been seeing it. But it's only because the foreign people have made a statement. That's the only reason why you've made a statement. True. Only True. reason why. That's the only reason. Why. Only reason. And and I think that only reason. I think that earlier this week, I I think I saw on CNN where they were talking to the the um governor of Lagos State. I think I, I think he has this name Samu Olu or something. And yeah. he was admitting to the fact that there were military personnel at Legitobut. When they were, yeah. and the woman was and coming then, with the hard questions, and he yeah. was answering. I was like, "Hey, is this real?" Because a local, a local station asked the guy, and he was denied. He, he didn't have respect for them. Yeah. And the yeah. same person is alluding to the fact that all of these things that the protesters have been saying a week ago are actually true. And it's coming from CNN. So imagine if CNN never picked up on this issue. Yeah. You get it? That's the same thing. We'll be lost in the limbo. We knew this is what happened. But, like, you can't tell. Now they want to pattern the issue up. And then I don't know whether mm. I saw this thing that's trending on Twitter that I think one of their government people who's known as Fashola for some strange reason yeah. on a camera and then took handkerchief and put it on the camera as if the country has a database of fingerprints. What the no. hell? <laughs> Are you for real? It's a joke. Like, I am then, sitting over here in Ghana, but I'm triggered for Nigerians. Like, what? Yeah. Are people, are, yeah. They are joking with you guys. Like, is it, are you serious? Are you seriously doing this? But, but for me, what, but from what I got from that statement, not only is like our African government embarrassed, Nigerians know Nigerian government know their power because that whole statement was an arrogant statement. Yeah. Very arrogant. Yeah. As in don't judge, don't um don't judge, don't take a stand. When a lot of actual 
like for example, let me use our showboy as an example. Showboy didn't actually take a stand, but you could tell that 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 statement was directed to showboy. Yeah. But showboy didn't take a stand. Even showboy statement, I don't even I don't even know why people were clapping for showboy because I don't know about you, but showboy was. Was no, actually he, no, he was also shading Yeah. No, but he was shading protesters. Yeah, to and, some that was, and that was not to some extent he was. <laughs> he was because he said violence on the part of yeah, 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 the yeah. police or protesters. Yeah. And I was like, and, oh God, come on. <laughs> it's like the people that were as that's how I, you know I that think it's a thing of diplomacy. I think it's a thing of diplomacy. No, you know what? And yeah, so he just have taken so that was my thing. So he just said violence is not you see, he just, he just have said violence is not necessary or it's not true. right in this situation. True. Then we don't know if he's talking about protesters or police. But the fact that he wanted to be so diplomatic to the point that he insulted protesters. That really got to me because I was just like, no, that's that that's not right, and that's how you know Nigerians know how powerful they are because somebody has come out. They haven't even condemned what you're saying. A lot of people haven't actually condemned what you're saying. They're just saying that enters, enters, enters. But you're telling people that oh, before you take a stand, like know all the facts. Like that's almost an, that's almost you insulting, like you being insolent to somebody. Like like your parents are saying something like, mommy, daddy. Before you even beat me, <laughs> get your facts right. Like that's how it sounded, and I was like, that shows how strong of a power Nigeria is. Do you understand? Because I was expecting that in this embarrassment they would cower, but in them trying to like respond to the international backlash, they're actually telling me that, bro, <laughs> get your facts straight <laughs> before you talk. Become. And that was. That, that just shows you how powerful Nigeria is. And I'm like, bro, like, Nigerian government, like, I see you. Like, I really see you now because we all know your, your, your economy is not strong, but, like, it's, it's a power to, you know, be reckoned with in West Africa. Yeah. But the fact that you don't care about repercussions and you're telling people, get your facts to like, yeah. You must be powerful. I think earlier on, people were even talking about the fact that they supply us a lot of gas. And then I did some research and I realized they don't even Como? give us that much gas. Como? You people, let me, they don't even give us that. <laughs> they don't even give us that much so, gas. Like, I'm so sure. Please, so please, people of this one, of our listeners, let me just tell you, I was working with a company, I think Como, I just will not mention yeah. the company. Yeah. I like to take myself. <laughs> when you come for, in, <laughs> when you come for, in, when, you, when you come for, like, uh, more than the registration and their in, your in, induction and everything uh-huh. they, is, is it introduction they tell you that we we even we even produce more gas to the extent i know we float our gas yeah that, you know that, that yeah that's what i heard that's how much that's how much gas ghana produces to the point that we float it and i was like why do we even we sell it to other countries and they were like because of how much we produce even as selling to other countries, we still have so much more that wow. we floated. So, 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 the, so that particular company is even trying to find a way to see how we can actually use that gas to our benefit. Mm-hmm. Now, if it is either creating more plants or finding another way. Yeah. But bro, you people, 
Nigeria does not apply as gas. Even if they do, it's a minute yeah, that's, that's what I found out when I was using because very, very, very little. I remember. I remember it's negligent, please, guys. I, I remember making a comment like, "Oh, when when I saw that Kufado post, I remember making a comment like, hey, let me go and film my tweets in Lenders, and then all of <laughs> because these people are about to take gas from us." I'm like, you know what? Let me just go and look into this thing. Called a couple of friends, did some research, and I realized the people are not even giving us that much gas. So they are not even holding us by the neck anymore, like Ooh. they used to back in the day. So then, what is really? I think that, I think that, the president in himself, being an astute politician and a lawyer, knows how to play the fence. This isn't the first time we've seen him play the fence. There was this issue earlier on in his presidency when. They asked him about um, gay, gay, and um, gay and LGBTQ yeah. rights, yeah. and he also sat on the fence with that statement that Ghana has too many issues for gay rights to become a prime issue in Ghana's problems. Yeah, and that was very diplomatic. Like that's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I support you, but this is what I'm doing. Like I'm sitting on the fence. Yeah. With you. He's very good with those things. So I wasn't shocked really when yeah. I saw his statement. It's just that Buari having the balls to to call these people. He really out has the guts. Yeah. He really and I think has the, the next guts. statement will prove why he really has that. Meaning <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why they decided to choose this guy. But hey. In the circumstances, I would like to appeal to protesters to note and take advantage of the various well-thought-out initiatives of this administration designed to make their lives better and more meaningful. Are you kidding me? Okay. So this is where the trader money and all those bullshit things that he said. Yeah. Okay, no problem. And resist the temptation or being used by some subversive elements to cause chaos with the aim of truncating our nascent democracy. For you to do otherwise will amount to undermining national security and the law and order situation. Under no circumstances will this be tolerated. I therefore call on our youth to discontinue the street protests and constructively engage government in finding solutions. Your voice has been heard loud and clear, and we are responding. And I call on all Nigerians to go about their normal businesses and join security agencies to protect lives and properties of all law-abiding citizens without doing harm to those they are meant to protect. Let me pay tribute to officers of the Nigeria Police Force who have tragically lost their lives in the line of duty. That's what he said. <laughs> Me, yeah. and, and this is the stance that I take today. I say this on this show. That's I would never, ever, me, I'm not interested in politics that much, but I would never, ever allow 
any military leader or any descendant of a military leader be the military leader alive to govern Ghana, I would take it upon myself to campaign against the person. Oh no, I'm saying it today. I'm saying it. I have been on this land for a very long time. And talking about military leaders, I think they know themselves. Me personally, I would take it upon myself to champion against that person. Because if we need any proof of concept, this is it. This is yeah. it. This is worry. He has been a military leader before, but we claim that he was a, he he's changed and he has come in a democratic bubble. So he's going to yeah. apply the demo. You see, when when issues came, his military his military instincts has taken over. All of this is military yeah. tactics. <laughs> That's why he was releasing the prisoners and that because they have done that some time ago. So I'm sure when they sat down in their room, this was like a photocopy. Of what he did. Yeah. This is this in fact bring my bring my bring my speech from the last time or bring my documents from whenever. Yes, it's from 19. It's the same carbon copy, and this is transcent of a military leader. He is telling you that under no circumstances would this be tolerated. This isn't a democracy, this is tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> Nigerians, exactly. I'm telling you, you people are under. <laughs> you who are under a military military rule, and this thing is not going to end until 2023. I'm sad for you, <laughs> honestly. I'm you know, you know when when it first when it first came, I was like, how long does Buhari have left? I went to check, and I was like, bro, guys, bro, listen, listen. Bro. And you know, like the the thing I found interesting in all of this thing is Nigerians really want the democracy because. With what was with what was happening over the twelve day period, there, it was just the right room for somebody to take yeah. over. It was the yeah. right, it was the right mix for somebody to say, "I've come, I'm taking over the government." Blah blah blah. Yeah. Da, da. But none of them did. Not they, they protested peacefully. There yeah. wasn't any uprising. No youth yeah. decided to take over with guns and all of that. Nobody Nothing. did that. So you can tell these people want to operate in a democracy. But yeah. the biggest mistake is, is thinking that somebody who has been a military leader before would actually give, 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 um, operate in a, in a democratic domain. Yeah. I'm, I, well, Obasanjo has his ways and I'll give him that. When I've read their histories, he, he also came into military and gave way to civilian rule and all of that. But for me, yeah. over here in Ghana, we, we have our pool and it's Nigeria. This is how the guy has decided to deal with the issue. He's saying, don't protest. If you protest, it's an issue of national security. That is a military but you, talking. <laughs> but you know something, when, when that happened, I was, and again, as much as I'm not a Nigerian, obviously I, I wasn't at the forefront, but I think I was, a tiny bit disappointed and sad that feminist school called on the Nigerian youth to not protest. Because I felt like after Buhari's speech, a second wave of protesting should have happened where like people need to know like what's going on in Nigeria, how serious things can get. Like, because at this point in time, it's showing you that no matter how, it just made me lose hope because it was like, no matter how hard the youth would push as long as 
the government comes in and says A, B, C, D, nothing will change. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that... I just felt extremely disappointed because it was a balance between am I telling you saying that Nigerian youth should, should lose their lives? No. But but was I disappointed that they called the protest? Yes. Yeah, I think that like it was for, really some way for me. Yeah, I think that for them, Charlie, it was more about Charlie not losing more lives. I think for them. Yeah. Because the thing is, I've had some talks with Nigerians and people who talk about people who champion change of government and all of that say that a lot of them do it outside the country because Nigeria is very wild. Like, yeah, you can you can just they can just kill you like you, you, you can just vanish yeah just like that nobody will care like it's very wild and extreme yeah. when it comes to politics for them as you said earlier they do things yeah. into the extremities we yeah. are more calm and timid about how we go about things and even with us to some extent it's changing but obviously Nigeria yeah. has gotten there in terms of how extreme they can be with political stuff so I think that Feminist school was down. They could have gone for protests, but I think that it was more about saving, saving human lives. More lives. Yeah, yeah, more about saving lives. And more about, Charlie, the, see, the speech in itself was demoralizing enough. Yeah. You get it? To say, Charlie, yeah. I'm done. I, I was even thinking that later, if I was in Nigeria, I would have left. I would have left. Because <laughs> no boy, see after. <laughs> yeah, because there's really it looks it, it's like there's really little light at the end of the tunnel for them. Like honestly, yeah. in terms of governance and yeah. national development, in terms of their personal hassles, like I I I I respect Nigerians for trying to find better lives, even in the midst of the bullshit they are going through. But in terms of like. Yeah like utilities, good governance, less corruption and all of that. It looks it looks very bleak for them, honestly. Very, 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 very bleak. And that's like that's a very serious very. thing, honestly, if you look at it, because these people are basically telling you they don't like and you hear speeches from ministers and grown-ups, and it's like, hey, this is what's going on in your country. What's going on like there was this yeah. video where one of the people, I, I don't know whether I was Tinubu or something, was saying that um, um, the, the people who um, died at the place, to their family should ask questions. What were they doing in the first place? I'm like, what are you saying? Why, why were they there? They were there to protest against this bullshit yeah. you are saying in the first place. So why are you asking this stupid <laughs> question? Like, <laughs> get it? So it's... It's serious. Charlie, it's just, and I think that the, the older generations who did the protest back in the day, as the history books put it, I think it was called the June 12 riots, were also broken. Because it's a thing where yeah. you are protesting, and it's a thing where, like, Charlie, it doesn't look like this thing is going to work. Because you are, it's, it's like Wakamon. I don't know yeah. if you know that, that, that game. It's called Wakamon. It's like, they are whole yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's like when you hit one hole the head will come out from another hole that's, that's something else pop up yeah, yeah. problem is it's like if you want to wrap it up it's 
it's a lot of things it's a whole lot of things and yes. charlie sometimes it, my heart is heavy for them because i'm like hey i can't imagine myself yeah trying to protest in such a country charlie I'm not even protesting for electricity. I'm not protesting for good education. I'm not protesting for... So um, just I'm just... My life... Police should just... My leave. life is in danger. Yes. Please. Yes. It's just about saying, okay, police, leave them alone. Let's do... And you know the wild thing? They were asking for increase in salaries for police people. And that's what's shocking me. Yeah. This is the first time... Yeah. A youth protesting and said, okay, you that you are brutalizing me, I can see that it's because you don't have money. Your life is not good. That's why you keep brutalizing me. So let me make, let me help so, you avert, make your life better so that you don't brutalize me. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and all those demands then, cannot no. be met. And that's shocking to me. Like, but you, you oh, know when gosh. everything and like with even Buhari, his speech and everything and looking at protests in Ghana as well, and how people always reply, and um, the youth should collaborate with the government mm-hmm. to ensure that your needs are met or like your views are heard. Mm-hmm. I keep on thinking, how can me as a young person, I feel like this is something we should discuss later on. Mm-hmm. How can me as a young person let the government know what I want? How can me as a stakeholder engage the government in a fruitful talk, which would not lead to protest? And that for me, I feel like that's the next step for a lot of like gov- for a lot of like governments in Africa because it's always the youth want something from the government, but we don't have access to even because you can't. And that reminds me of this whole white people that came and they were able to meet with was it with their <laughs> vice president, but we as <laughs> but we as the youth, like in a lot of African countries, we can't even get our voices heard. Like as in. If I want change, like where do I go to? Like, what is the next step for me as a Nigerian citizen, as a Ghanaian citizen? Like, I want change. I want there to be a bill, or like, I want there to be like a law or an initiative. Like, who do I go to? True. For me, that's the next thing. True. I think that, that's the next thing. That's the I think next that thing. I have, I have a bit of an answer to what you are saying, and a bit of advice to older politicians i think that the the front of protesting has changed like the mode of and 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 nigeria is is what happened in nigeria is an exact blueprint back in the day we used to have frontiers like the nukes which was like the national union of um, graduate students or the national union of university students we had the slc's we had the um GPLTUs, we had the TUCs, Trade Union Congress, all of yeah. those people who were like frontiers in championing issues. They were like the middle belt between the government and the people. Yeah. But those were leadership groups and those were protesters. Yeah. Over the years, they become very redundant because yeah. as even, even now with even Occupy Ghana, I dare say that people who protested against Mahama in Occupy Ghana have been, some of them have been given positions in this government and they are not even fully yeah. in Occupy Ghana again. And that is, <laughs> yeah, that is the issue you have when you have protests that are, have leaders. I think that with time, we are realizing that these SLCs and all these things, which have become like 
figureheads and are practically useless are not yeah. the way we want to get our voices heard. Social media is one of the ways. But fortunately or unfortunately, these adults have their whole sentiment about what social media is. So maybe one of the ways they have is protesting. And back to what you said, I think that we would want we would have an episode on that where I'd invite people who have protested to some extent in this yeah. country to talk about it because there's there's gradually a changing phase of the way protests are being done. And I was I really yeah. marveled at how Nigerians were able to go almost two weeks. And I hear protesting. there are still cities in Nigeria that are still protesting. Protesting. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like a different phase of protesting, having no real leader being decentralized, having de facto yeah. leaders, but they are they are not the ones spearheading the protest. They are just managing things and making sure making sure that everybody has things being disorganized. I think that's like the new phase of of people demanding for what they want through protest. Yeah, and yeah. political leaders to some extent should be able to understand that this is a new disruption. And as podcasting is a disruption to radio, same way <laughs> protests is also a is 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 a demand it's like a disruption to the the way the youth communicate issues to their government. I know people are going to go about oh these people are old and all of that and all I I am always of the standard not every young person is in the right frame of mind to take decisions for this country. But the best thing to do is to engage. I think that if you are able to break that barrier where older people are not seeing yeah. older people as carefree, independent people. Because the fact of the issue is that our parents were also carefree when they were our age. It's, I don't know whether it's, yeah. it's something that you acquire when you grow. Our parents were visiting their clubs and doing wilder shit that yeah. they don't tell us about. But for some reason, yeah. when it comes to taking decisions and being brought to the table, it becomes a big yeah. Even in my experience, when I was at my first workplace managing a couple of people, I had two guys who had finished school way early, thing had done a year of national service. And they were very smart. Sometimes I picked one or two things from them. They used to suggest things. I mean, giving people the room to work and suggest ideas without getting scared that you are always the right person. Yeah. I think if they are able to break these walls, it would help us. For Ghana, it's a bit yeah. okay because then you have very young people who are allowed to come into certain circles and take certain decisions and have mentors who train them and all of that. But Nigerians, we, we, we stand with you, Charlie. Yeah, we stand yeah, with Charlie, you. Charlie, we stand with you guys. It's amazing what you guys have been able to do. You have shaken yeah. the system. You have really shook yeah. the system. Like they didn't expect you guys to pull through this long. <laughs> amazing, honestly, it's amazing. My whole time I was on the time, I was like, this is amazing. These people are doing something. Yeah. I'm sure when you started protesting, they were like, ah, give these people two days, they'll stop. And then <laughs> two days, three days, four days, five days, like shit. This is like going one week. What's going on? <laughs> no, what's going on? How do we address this? And as I said, yes, yeah. we have no clue, still have no clue. But hey, 
hopefully Nigerians get what they want. Today I saw that they were doing some um, I don't know some talks with people who have been arrested with SARS and all of that. So I think people are following through. There are some reforms that are coming. Coming uh... and hopefully Charlie, because honestly in Africa. I dare say in West Africa, I dare say in Africa, Nigeria sort of gives a certain beacon of hope. Nigeria and Ghana, to some extent, yeah. give a certain beacon of hope for the continent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They're not Africans, they, they say they are not part of us. So yeah, I don't want to even talk about them. But like in West Africa, Nigerians and Ghanaians give some beacon of hope. So if Ghana is giving some of beacon of hope, because Charlie, will they try? At least, if they follow yeah. suit, it's going to speak a lot to yeah. other African countries to realize that, Charlie, this is the time yeah. we need to, like, advance and all of that. So, before we end the episode, using one word to describe the whole speech, are you going to go first? <laughs> one word or two words? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know so many. <laughs> I don't know. It's between bullshit and hopeless. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but like, yeah. Yeah, no, no need to apologize. I mean, Buari has been a bad boy, honestly. No. It's annoying. Look. It's so annoying. I think that this this speech was a slap in their faces, honestly. It was full of disrespect. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm the one who will always be different. That's why I don't have serious political circles. But I don't, I don't, I don't understand how, if these things are happening, nobody can really come out and say, "Yo, my man, you the fuck up." Like because come on, I'm t- you see, and this is why I I say I don't have hope for even the youth because everybody like it's, it's two things, right? Now she's three things. Everybody benefits from the system, like the political system. Once they are in, so they don't talk about it. Yeah. One. Two, you all talk about it and you don't benefit from it. Or half people, 50% talk about it and don't benefit, and 50% do. So 50% don't talk about it and benefit, and 50% talk about it and don't benefit. So it's like you need that 50 50 of people talking and admonishing, you know, their colleagues for the system to work, if that makes sense. So corruption will still be going on, but people talking against corruption for it to work. But for the two extremes of all of us talking against it. People in the in the politics world will not benefit. And that's not what people don't want. People don't go enter into politics because they feel like I can revolutionize the world. That's how they start. When you go in, you the system that. is against you. True. Yeah. True. So for me, even though I don't have hope for the youth, <laughs> even though what Nigerians did was amazing, I think we can get to the 50-50 place. You understand? Of... People still admonishing like others for their for their corrupt acts, mm-hmm. but corruption still happens. Because I'm sorry to people think corruption can can not exist. I'm sorry to no, no, that you been. It will. Happen. It will. It will. Yeah. But as you said, my thing is that when people are caught, as and I've said it here before, people will still foreigners do still, but the thing yeah. is that when you are caught, you'll be dealt with. So you have it at the back of your mind. So you are either very smart to outsmart the system, or if the system catches yeah. you, you definitely go to jail. You suffer the repercussions. And that is a way yeah. of like even helping end corruption in, in, in 
in, in our country. They are going to, you of know. Course, they are going to hide some now and there. We get, Thank you. Charlie, if you Ghana with the, talking about if you Ghana yeah. with the, it comes in the end of the episode. Charlie, Bro. Ghana, the everyone country, but how you could do it? But shout out to the Nigerians too. Charlie, if you're a Nigerian yeah. listening to this, it will be fine. Last, last, come to Ghana, we did for you. all right so um we would have done some venting but i think charlie time is up maybe we'll do it next episode yeah uh, this is a way like this is actually a way of like this is another way of venting actually technically if you think about it yeah so until the next episode see you guys later Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye. This has been a Gold Coast Report production. Ghana's only, Ghana's only.